Hi, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Welcome to The Hungry Brain. You're in Chicago, Illinois, if you're in the room. And if you're listening at home, I don't know where you are. Don't tell me where you are. Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. We've been doing this show for nine years, and I'm going to tell a story I've told on this show multiple times. Here's the reason why. On December 4th of this year, we recorded a show at the Kennedy Center, and it was called Holiday-ish 4. It was the fourth edition of the holiday show that we do. And I realized before that show, I do not have any Christmas stories. Now, we were recording the show on December 20th, 2017. It's Christmas time. It's Hanukkah time. It's Kwanzaa time. It's whatever holiday you want to celebrate time. But I don't have a story about those holidays. I have a story about four different holidays. It all begins in the late 80s at Trump Plaza. Here we go. So... Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan as of 18 months ago because that's our current leader. Anyways, Jake the Snake Roberts was my favorite wrestler growing up. He faced Rick Rude at WrestleMania 4 held at Trump Plaza. Now, Rick Rude wears pants that were screen printed and they're great and they were airbrushed as well and he would airbrush his opponent's faces on the, the pants crotches and butts. So he's a cool dude. That's what you need to know about Rick Rude. The other guy is Jake the Snake Roberts. What you need to know about Jake the Snake Roberts is he had an actual snake named Damien in a bag because in the late 80s that was not considered animal cruelty. Here we go. At WrestleMania 4 in Trump Plaza, there was a tournament. The tournament would decide who would face Hulk Hogan or whoever for the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. So, because it was a tournament, tournament, there were time limits on these matches, which is not a normal thing in wrestling, and I know that everyone that listens to this show and in this room is a huge wrestling fan, and I never need to explain that to anybody. Anyways... Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick Root had an actually good match at WrestleMania 4. There were not many good matches at WrestleMania 4, but it hit the time limit. So, after it hit the time limit, Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick Rude went outside of the ring and continued fighting. They were upset because at this WrestleMania, it was at Trump Plaza, which means it was at a casino hotel, which means that the people in the front rows don't give a shit about wrestling. They were there thinking it was a boxing match. Okay, so it's a bunch of really rich mobsters, and you could find all of this on CNN because they reported, hey, a bunch of mobsters were hanging out with Trump Hotel and Trump Plaza in the late 80s in New Jersey, and who knew this? Wrestling fans knew that. That's who. Anyways, moving on. Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick Rubin were very upset that no one was paying attention to their very good match. So to retaliate, Jake the Snake Roberts decided to take his actual real-life snake, Damien, and whip it around the front row, and he did, and it hit Ivana Trump in the chest. So, the then current wife of Donald Trump got hit with a giant snake in the chest. You could currently watch this on the WWE Network, available for $9.99 a month. It's a deal. I highly recommend it. Okay. Donald Trump loved this. Ivana Trump did not love this. Ivana Trump sent her goon. She had bodyguards because she was one of the people that ran Trump Plaza. You should absolutely have bodyguards if you run a casino. More on that later. She sent bodyguards to murder Jake the Snake Roberts. Because Jake the Snake Roberts has substance abuse problems, he was not in his hotel room, and he was doing his substances in and around New Jersey, which saved his life. How did Jake the Snake Roberts find this out? I'll tell you. Because at WrestleMania 7, three years later, hosted by future wife of Donald Trump, Marla Maples, Donald Trump told him this story. So, how does this relate to me? Well... That year, the year of WrestleMania 7, I was Jake the Snake Roberts for Halloween. Now, my mother 
did not watch wrestling. She did not approve of me watching wrestling, but she knew I wanted to be Jake the Snake Roberts for Halloween. So I told her, could you make me a Jake the Snake Roberts costume? And because she loves me, she said, of course I'll make you a Jake the Snake Roberts costume. What does he look like? I go, he has got snakes. That's, all, that's the only note I gave her. So she, I, I had gray sweatpants, gray sweatshirt, and sneakers, and she glued thick rubber snakes to the sweatshirts and the sweatpants. Looks nothing like Jake the Snake Roberts whatsoever. I go to school. What are you? What are? What are you? I'm Jake the Snake Roberts, and that's not how he looks. I go. I know. It was great, because I didn't want to tell her I'm watching wrestling, and she would be mad and not let me watch wrestling. By 1 p.m. of that day, there were no snakes on me. I was just a kid in sweats, and that was my Halloween costume, which was fine in the early 90s in Chicago, Illinois. I was just a kid in sweats, as one does. Okay. I tell Jake the Snake Roberts this story in 2016 while Donald Trump is running for election, and he tells me uh, uh, all the Donald Trump stuff, and it, it, just, it just makes sense to me. I'm like, oh my God, this is a holiday story in four parts. Number one, WrestleMania four was held on Palm Sunday, because when I think of the death of Jesus Christ, I think of WrestleMania four. number one. Number two, Linda McMahon is currently the head of the Small Business Administration. Therefore, this is Small Business Saturday holiday, part two. Number three, clearly, it's a Halloween story, because I wore Jake the Snake Roberts' Halloween. And most importantly, number four, it's a President's Day story. <laughs> because in addition to uh, marrying Ivana Trump and then having her in the front row, at WrestleMania four, one row behind the Donald and his current wife was future wife, Marla Maples. If you don't believe me, watch WrestleMania 4, currently available on the WWE Network. That is my story that I told at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. on December 4th, 2017. And it is now a story that I've told you. It's a story that I've told multiple times, and it's a story that brings joy to my heart. Because at the end of the day, it proves to me that if you want to be safe from the Trump administration, you need to have a substance abuse problem and carry around a giant snake in a bag. Because if you do, it'll be perfectly fine. Speaking of carrying around a giant snake in a bag, my co-host is one of my best friends, and because of this show, that's how I know her. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Stephanie Haas, everybody. Stephanie. Hi. I thought you were going to tell that story about um, being in church and your dick falling out or whatever. No, that's the story. That's the story I've told the most on this show. Yeah. That's why this is the second most story I've told. So that story, really quick, is um, I was the, I went to a Catholic school, and there's a thing called Stations of the Cross, which is held the week after Palm Sunday. <laughs> it's on Easter, and uh, the Stations of the Cross is you reenact the 15 stages of Jesus getting hung on the cross. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's pretty hot. So Jesus got a big dick. Speaking of big dicks. I didn't. I have a medium average size <laughs> dick. That's why I was the criminal that did not repent. I was one of two people in my Catholic school class that was not baptized Catholic. And everyone knew this. Because like, there was two people that didn't go up for communion every week. Because we had mass every week. It was me and the one black kid in class. Is this an honor system? Or do they like check the records? You just don't really want to go. You're not supposed to go. and You don't really give a shit. So, I mean, I guess that's an honor system. My gran Actually, you're right. My grandmother, whenever she would come to Mass, she would get a, a, a cracker and some wine. And I would go, you're not Catholic. And she goes, it doesn't matter. Just do whatever you want. That's a good lesson, kids. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the two criminals that were hung next to Jesus were the two not Catholics, the one black kid and me. The black kid repented, so he got to go to heaven, but I didn't repent, and I went to hell. I was the criminal that doesn't say sorry to Jesus. Jesus, in real life, uh, got drafted by four Major League Baseball teams and had abs at 14. <laughs> I did not. And uh, I, I'm not Christian, and for a second I thought you were still talking about the real story about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> There's the, baseball in the Bible. <laughs> the Yankees really wanted Jesus in right field, so... Um, <laughs> I, I was a 14-year-old that was cool, so I wore boxers instead of uh, briefs. Yeah. So when I was hung on the cross, I was hung in boxers. And I don't know if you know this, Stephanie. Boxers have a slit in them for no apparent reason. So you can reach your hand in there. That's not how that works. That's, that's weird. So my, uh, I was touched as a 14-year-old, shirtless 14-year-old, as if he was hung on the cross. I was draped, and I was touched by Mary Magdalene, who I had a crush on forever, and she made my 14-year-old penis erect, and it went through that little hole. It went through the hole in the, in the, in the boxers. So I'm hung on the cross, and, I'm, and my penis is pointing, my erect 14-year-old penis is pointing at the preschoolers. Because the way church is set up, it's, it goes, there's three sets of rows it, from left to right, front to back. It goes preschoolers, kindergartners, first grade, second grade, etc. So the preschoolers, the second graders, the fifth graders, and the eighth graders, if you, could, if you got good eyes, could see my erect penis. So that's the story I've told most on this show. Your erect 14-year-old penis. And that's why I do this show. Because nothing has brought me more um, connection with other people. than This is the worst possible time to tell that story, I'm realizing right now. I almost made a T.J. Miller joke. Anyways, Stephanie Haas. Yes. You are an actual friend of mine. Yeah, we, we met on this stage. We met on this stage, and a few years after the fact, you came to my wedding. Mm-hmm. You, uh, what else have we done that represents friendship? We spent a Thanksgiving together. We did. I spent a Thanksgiving with you and your wife. You spent a women's march at my house together. Uh-huh. Uh, we've slept, you've slept on my couch once. Yeah. I've slept I, on your couch dozens of times. I got, I got vaguely sexually assaulted in... Texas with you? In the same room, am I right? <laughs> South by Southwest, everybody. We just call it South by. We're vets. Um, yeah, so we're friends. Uh, what made you want to keep talking to me after our first interaction? Um, Did anything make you want to keep talking to me after our first interaction? I think I liked that your aggressive energy matched my aggressive energy. Party. Yeah. Speaking of aggressive energy, you're currently doing flips and flops for fun. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're an acrobat now? Oh, we're really going to talk about my fitness journey? I'm completely interested in this. <laughs> okay, yes. I've been taking uh, trapeze classes since August. Why? Because um, I'm going through some shit. <laughs> Let's talk about that shit. What are you going through? What am I going through? Um, I got dumped. Uh, I am questioning all of my life choices. Uh, my parents are aging and might die soon. I, I'm feeling a lot of feelings. Has flipping around helped you feel those feelings? Yeah, it's, very, it's like very distracting. 
it, 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 you know, when you're when you're like trying to keep your shoulders from being pulled out of their sockets. Did uh, you, you, you before you came to this show tonight at the lovely Hungry Brain? Yeah. Twenty three nineteen plugs. Twenty three nineteen West Bell. Uh-huh. If you've never been here, it looks great right now. By the time you hear it, does this, it's beautiful. It will not look great because the Christmas decorations will be down. But I very like. It always looks great. It, well, not always. In the past few years, it's looked great. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, since there's new ownership. Before it smelled like pee pee and poo poo, but I loved it. I loved the old Hungry Brain, and it has been. Very beautiful in the new Hungry Brain. Yes, okay. Uh, today, before here, you were at your acrobatic yes, class. I was at my last session, or my last class of the current session of trapeze class. Do you feel like it did any good? Uh, yeah, it was really hard. Cool. We practiced um, honest, like, uh, ankle hangs. Ankle hangs? Yeah. Usually we do ankle hangs with a strap that we hold on to, but this time we had to go up on the high bar and uh, hang on without a strap. This is a consensual conversation, but from an outsider's point of view, that sounds incredibly sexual. It's not. Party. Where do you think the strap goes? Coming to the stage <laughs> is uh, it's someone I'm very glad is on the show. As soon as his drink comes, we're going to bring him up. Sure. Uh, because I think where does the strap go is the perfect transition to bring up our first guest of the night. Um, is If anyone's ever listened to the show or talked to me for more than five minutes in the last nine years, yeah, you will know that RuPaul's Drag Race is my feckin- second favorite sport. Yeah. You have been yelling at me to watch RuPaul's Drag Race far longer than you yelled at me to go to therapy. Well, wh- they're one and the same. I know. <laughs> Number, are you seeing a therapist right now? I am. Do you like him or her? Yeah, I like her. That's awesome. But yeah, it did take me RuPaul's Drag Race to get into therapy. That's right. This. That's not true, but I did start watching it before. Why couldn't you just, I'm going to cut that out. I don't know. You're right. I should. Okay. I, the only reason I am in therapy is because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Are you happy? Yes, I am right now. Uh, <laughs> a perf- Coming to the stage, it brings me an incredible joy to introduce our next guest. Uh, please put your hands together for Layla McQueen, everybody. Layla, come to the stage area. This is going to be a lot quieter than most of your shows. You bring the drink. You're going to need the drink. Stephanie, you're oh, going to... I spilled my drink. Don't say that out loud. No microphone. It's a carpet. Uh, just just stomp it out with your very cool sneakers. Here we go. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a party foul. Okay. I know. I. Don't you work in bars? I'm very way. clumsy. Okay. That's why I'm in trapeze class. I'm trying to gain some sense of balance. Okay. Layla. Hey. Thank you for doing the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you and what you do. Thank you. Do you think enough people appreciate you and what you do? I think a lot more people do than I ever expected. Really? Yeah. Okay. How long have you been doing drag? I've been doing drag, I'm going to say between seven and eight years now. So you started when you were in high school? I did. Like, all of my art projects and everything I did, I took all, like, the advanced art classes, and I started going to, like, house parties, and I was, like, I was a cross-dresser. Like, I was, like, Frankenfurter status at, like, house parties, and then the second I turned 18, I was, like, all right, let's hit up the clubs and make some coin. So you've been performing for money since you were 18? Since I was 18, yeah. I've been, I've been doing drag longer than that, but I've been working in nightclubs since I was 18. Wow. That's literally as long as you could do it legally. Well, yeah, I guess. Does anyone else have that track record? Has anyone else started at 18? I mean, like, older girls could get into... Like, back in the day when uh, 
there wasn't any social media or, or like people weren't like that sensitive. Like so when you were in grade school? Before I was born. <laughs> All right, back off. <laughs> Showing my age right now. Yeah, um, but before Layla was born, the drinking age wasn't 21. Okay. okay, we're not going. We're not going <laughs> that far back. But like, drag queens didn't used to get carded going to the bars. They're like, oh, okay, you can get in. And now they're like, every twelve-year-old and their mom is a drag queen. So. Really? Yeah. Have you dealt with a? Tw- uh, do you know any twelve-year-old drag queens? Not Dra- like personally, but like know of. I try not to know any twelve-year-olds. That's personally. good. Good answer. It's like a good rule of thumb. Good answer. <laughs> there's an um, there's an internet famous one named I want to say Lactatia. How sad is that? Yeah, the, the word internet famous. Yeah. Hold on. Are you th- are you saying internet famous is not a good thing, Layla? I think it's weird. Continue. I don't know. I just I, I think it's weird in terms of drag. I get that it's 2018 almost now. Yeah. And that there's like um, social media is so relevant and technology is so relevant in our culture. But um, even though I'm younger. And a considerably younger queen, I didn't start off that way. I didn't say, I'm going to make a YouTube channel and I'm only going to post things online and get a following that way. I was like, I'm going to go to every club and I'm going to perform in every competition and I'm going to move my way up that ladder to earn people's uh, love for me, (laughs) I guess. No, that's fair. That's fair. It's interesting that way you're talking about this sounds like every musician talks about like, no, I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to tour. I'm going to play my music. I'm going to get it out there. I think it's weird because I think it, I think um, in terms of drag, when it beca- when it goes on social media that uh, some queens cross a line of it being like uh, almost, uh, I don't know. I can't think of good vocab words right now, but like using clickbait and like not relying on like the actual talents that they have Mm -hmm. or if like a queen has a really good following online because they're really beautiful and they have that confidence which it's great to have that confidence but to have that following and that standing on only social media when you come into a nightclub and you have a little bit of an ego already and they're two totally separate things i think that's a little like heartbreaking yeah your popularity seems like very organic based out of your skill versus well, I'm not. I'm not good on social media. Like during season seven, when the girls went away and um, they were filming, and like all the kids on Reddit, everyone goes on everything, and they're like, "Ooh, so and so has disappeared from social media." I'm just bad at posting things, and they were like, "Layla McQueen rumored for season seven, she's disappeared." I was like, "I just fucking forgot I had an Instagram." <laughs> I was not even, not even trying, <laughs> trying. Okay, so if social media fame isn't your goal, and... It definitely helps. Yeah. But I don't think that's the end-all, be-all. True, but it has to help with bookings. It has to help getting pride. Of course, it helps, okay. us, it helps us keep a career. I just think, um, I think as a natural evolution of a drag queen and like you actually having a serious part in it is, you know... Looking like shit at first, going out, learning what you're good at, learning what you're not getting good at, uh, meeting people, performing, getting rid of that stage fright or being like, okay, I tried this. It didn't work out. This works out rather than being like, oh, this, people online would love this. People online would love this because in real life, I don't think it always works out that way. Absolutely. How many shows do you think you performed before you got on Drag Race? Uh, I did a, I did, I did a bunch. I worked a fair amount. When I was in college, I didn't get like a day job in college. Like I wasn't like, I went to art school. What a waste of money. But um, <laughs> well, you're one of the few professions that actually could benefit from art school. I'm. Uh, uh, what do 
fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but you, so you didn't have a job, and you didn't have a job during school. The only thing I've gotten from art school is that now that I was on Drag Race, I get to go back to my school and do lectures. <laughs> do you get paid to do those lectures? I have fucking course I get paid That's to right. do those lectures. How much do you get paid to do those lectures? Are uh, they just take it out of my student loans? Do they really? <laughs> no, that'd be great. How much money um, do you make a year? What's your social security number? And do you worry about the IRS? <laughs> I don't know her. So the, the good thing about, the interesting thing about what you do is you're on the road literally half the year. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I've been actually really busy. Considering that it's now almost, we've had an all-star season. Yes. A real season and now a second all-star Hold on. You don't refer to all-stars as a real season? A regular season. Okay. Sorry, I'm a little drunk. There's no reason for Fantastic. you to scream at me. I'm just asking questions. I um, want to clarify. No, we, we had like a... A regular first-timer season, an all-star season. I call it classic season. A classic <laughs> season. Okay. You were on RuPaul Classic. You were not on RuPaul. I was on, like, we were, like, the last RuPaul original season. Yeah. Do you RuPaul do you think... Classic, like, on Logo TV Classic. Okay. We, there's a bunch of people on season not that, the newer seasons that I want to talk to you about, but I don't want to get you in internet trouble. Okay. Because there's one specific example, and I'm sure my co-host could chime in here too, of a, of a queen that maybe wasn't so good, but had such a rabid social media following that it maybe destroyed other people's lives. Oh. Other people's lives? Well, well I think I know who you're talking about. You know exactly about. I don't know. what I'm I think she was about. very good. I, I think she was good. Okay. Who is it? He's talking about Valentina. Oh, um, she's very polarizing. Um, and she did well on the show. Yeah. She did do good on the show. I, until? Uh, until that one moment. And exactly. I think that showed, um, she was, Valentina's confident, but she's one of those girls that's like, um, almost a little delusionally confident and she's not, I don't think she's totally grounded and she's very talented and she is beautiful, which is, um, not really an effort for her. She was born looking beautiful. Okay. Uh, no, that, that, that's no true. one's going to deny that. Um, and listen, I, I believe that you shouldn't really uh, g- uh, give people a lot of shit. In terms of drag, Like, I don't want to like talk shit about someone if I can't really do what they do. I will talk shit about anyone's fucking makeup because that is my... So As you guys can tell right now. Okay, um, no, but I am. Hold on, hold on. Kimchi from Chicago. Best makeup. Great. <laughs> do you like kimchi's makeup? I love kimchi. Do you makeup. like her? Do you like kimchi's makeup? Though? Yes. Okay. I do very much. Do you much. not like kimchi's makeup? I, know, I, I literally said it's the best makeup. Uh, okay. It's the to me, but I, you don't seem to want to well, do. She's, she's too busy throwing drinks around and screaming at people. <laughs> okay. So I mean, don't hold her accountable to listening to you. I understand completely. <laughs> but what you're trying to do isn't kimchi makeup. No, she has a different branches or different thing. Exactly. I, I, my favorite compliment, and I do get this compliment, and not just from myself, is. Wow, you actually look how you do in your photos. Okay. That's a really good one. I agree. Who doesn't? God, where do we start? There's a f- 120 of them. Have you, did you not pay attention to the Facetune scandal? No, I don't know what you're talking about. It happened on season nine. Oh, the Zitties. The, the yeah, but like... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm not going to talk about someone's skin texture. No. That's like something they can't really help. That's, yes. That's a, people were a little too mean about that. I didn't... I'm sorry. I apologize completely. No, I didn't think you were being mean. I'm just saying that as a disclaimer. No, but uh, uh, retouching what? your photos is a common thing on social media, and uh, and it's 
I love that you're so wasted that they don't even trust you to hold the microphone. It has I to know, be propped up. There just aren't enough mic stands. Why art school? Um, I don't know what the hell else I was gonna do. I was like, sure. My pa- I was. I'm the only child, and neither of my parents finished college, and we're not wealthy by any means, but we're not like dirt poor. So they're like, you're going to fucking school. Sure. And as I, I don't believe in college. Um, I think it was a waste of my time. I met, a, I met a cool few teachers, and I, I will say I don't think I would be here today if I didn't go to school, but that's just because of the people I met in the city I went to, not actually because of my college. I, I understand I that. I think um, when, I think there's too much pressure on it. Uh, in the United States, it costs money to go here. Like, people in the UK go to school for free. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what we're doing wrong, or, like, I don't know where to start, on where we're doing wrong, but I think as a 17, 18, 19 year old in high school being told, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you're living with your parents, you have to do this, to let them go from zero to 5,000 being on their own free range in college, but still paying a, a, a gigantic amount of money is not smart. Do you still have student loans? Of course I do. How, many do you have? How much do you have? More than I'd care for. The, the president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, <laughs> still had student loans when he became a senator. Isn't that nuts? Yes. I was talking, I, Bob, Bob and Trixie were, uh, they were over at my house yesterday, the day before, whatever, and we were talking about like how Nicki Minaj was randomly like, if you, she said to one girl on Twitter who was like, joke tweeter, I was like, if you get all A's, I'll pay all your, I'll pay your college tuition. She fucking did. Yeah. She's great. Oh my God. The, i I still have student loans. Well, you say bad things about Bob now. I love Bob. Bob I don't seems say great. Bob th- bad things about Bob. I'm asking you to say bad things about Bob. You're asking me to say bad things about her? I like Bob a lot. I l- she's a great friend. She was at my house. That does. I say bad things about Stephanie House all the time, and I, I, mean, I stay at her house all the time. <laughs> so do, do you think Bob was a transitional queen and winner? Because it does not. No, she lives her life as a man. <laughs> Does Bob change the mold? You think, think Bob took us into the new woke era? I completely do. I think Bob was the transitional winner of Drag Race. Transitional how? In terms of what? Did not represent any of the things that previous winners represented and was so... Well, how many of the winners represent the same thing, though? I think there's a lot of crossover in the Venn diagram. I think Bob is the standout. And I think Where that's why... The crossover? I don't know if that's true. That. I don't think there's a crossover. Well, I think, I think Bob was the first that was like socially active since the start of Bob's drag. Yeah, but he also is like funny and irreverent. Agreed, agreed, and agreed, agreed. did the best on our season. You that, know, he, uh, listen, I will say this to anyone, uh, I mean, to both of you in this audience. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh what do you think Bob should have won or Kim should have won? Naomi wasn't going to win. But, no. <laughs> um, I think that was the best season. The, like, the final three, I think, was the best well, final three yet. People get really heated up, but like people are like, Kim should have won. Kim got a million followers on Instagram and is book solid all over the entire world. She's not losing anything except she didn't get a crown and a, yeah. a scepter. But ever, if you put them both in uh, perspective, all the things Kim's very strong at, Bob kind of lacks in a little bit. But all the things Bob's really strong in, Kim kind of lacks in. Absolutely. So they're like yin and yang. Do you, you seem to have made real friends by doing a TV show. Well, when you're forced together in the situation 
and like you're there and these things happen you get to know each other not everyone likes each other but you're like oh wow we all have this one connection and the more we talk about this connection and we can only talk to each other about this because we're the only other people who understand you start to make friends through that and get to know them otherwise but they exactly that they, no one else can share this kind of connection that you did would you want to do it again I would absolutely do it again even if RuPaul called me and goes Lila McQueen <laughs> Did she get your name wrong? She called me Lila. Every time? No, at the finale. But um, if they called me back and said, Layla, we'll put you back on the show, but it's only going to be for two more episodes, I'd be like, cool, I'm down. I'm down to go back on the show and be like, hey, I'm here. Um, I'm... I'm fun. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not the best at competing, but I'm not a, like a total idiot or a total loser. When you transition from, I'm assuming regular bar gigs to then doing the show and then maybe doing more prides or maybe college gigs. What's one piece of advice that you w- wish you had before you transition to bigger gigs? Uh, I don't know. I don't think that there was a big like standout I was surprised that people liked me as much but that kind of has to do with the show not like in comparison to regular gigs or not well I mean it had to go from I'm good with pe- that's why I'm doing so well is because I'm not um not the worst performer I'm also like when I go to these bars I'm not like uh forget my grammar or vocabulary but I'm not like a disgenuine and ingenuine person you think your reflection on stage is pretty similar to your reflection uh, off stage. Pe- people like me because I'm not a diva. Like, I'll go to these bars, and I'll go, and I'm in these towns, whether it's, like, L.A., New York, like, really, Austin, really big cities, mm-hmm. or, like, Missoula, Montana. How was Missoula? I had, they got me wasted. Yeah. I said... Everyone who's coming to the meet and greet, I like this kind of a shot. They're making a special shot. Bring me a shot. And granted, only seven people came to the meet and greet, but they, That's all, a lot. they all brought me shots That's that nice. night. That's I nice. usually always say that and usually get like one or two. What's your preferred shot? Um, I like sweet things. I like kamikazes. I like the lime. I like sour things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a puss drinker. I'm not like big Fantastic. Do you ever wish you were single? Because you're not single. No, but me and my boyfriend have an agreement and an okay. open-ish, trendy relationship. So. so you have literally the best system for the road. Well, we started dating um, after I got on Drag Race, and we knew, like, after I got and filmed. Um, and uh, he's older than me, and I am younger, and it was kind of, I didn't have to explain it to him. He kind of already knew. I was like, I'm only gonna be able to travel the world theoretically once, if that. So he's like, have fun. We got some rules, but it was like, understood that it's like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a hoe. <laughs> what I'm going to be f- a whore, but I'm also going to be a slut. What was your favorite city to whore and or slut in? All over. I, I love Don't Aus- say all over. <laughs> all over. But um, I, I love Australia. The men in Australia are, and they don't, they don't, they don't bullshit around. Because I'll be at the bar and I'll be like, um. I'll talk to someone. I'll be very blunt. I'll be like, you're very attractive, and I think you have a huge dick. Would you like to put it in my mouth? <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Layla. Like, if it was a joke, I would have said it when I was on the microphone. Yeah. But I didn't. So it's a yes or no. The boys in Australia, they don't do that. They're like, sure. Yeah. Love to. Cool. <laughs> I get that. 
There is there is drag f- of uh, women doing male drag. Yes, it's not, it's just women doing. I don't like the term bio queen. And since moving to Chicago and being involved in a real uh, a real queer community, mm-hmm. um, entertainment is entertainment. I know plenty of friends who are women. We just still call them drag queens. Okay. Why not? I mean, it sounds less pretentious. They're entertaining you. They're doing just as uh, the ones I know are doing just as much as we are. I think it's different in terms of them being on RuPaul's Drag Race, but. Well, do you see a, a medium where they can get that light shined on them like a RuPaul's Drag Race? Is that even possible? I, I, think at, I, I agree with RuPaul where RuPaul's Drag Race is such a cult following and it has this format and this formula and the, way, the reasons we like it so much, we may not realize it, but I don't think a biological woman. I think they should open it to more trans girls because there's so many working drag queens who are trans women. A lot of them, if not at least half or more of drag performers are trans women. So I think that should be brought into the light more because it's still like a touchy subject yeah, and not, not super accepted in society as it should be because it's not an issue. So I think there's only been two, and only and one was only Pepperoni was the only one that was Mo- like Monica came out during it, but then she went home after. Um, think, and then Carmen clearly, but Carmen was pre. Carmen, yeah. a, a lot of the girl. There's been a lot of trans girls on the series, but they've always done their transition afterwards yeah. for the most part. Um, but I think a, I was listening to a podcast with uh, RuPaul, and she was talking about this, and she's like, "Not that I don't think that women who do drag are not entertaining or whatever, but." Um, the thing about drag queens and the basis of drag and drag race is that um, it's like kind of punk rock and the fact that these men are dressing like women and we're all doing all these really, really silly, stupid, ridiculous things. It's all ironic. Yeah. And to have a woman do a lot of these things, I don't think is ironic in terms of drag race. I think they're very entertaining in clubs and nightlife because they're picking... It's a more geared audience. It's a smaller crowd. It's um, they get to pick what they're doing. In terms of drag race, it's kind of um, it just I, I feel like it's off. Yeah. Maybe there'll be another show, but I think I don't think RuPaul's Drag Race has. It's been very popular, and I think people think because it's so popular that it should be more inclusive. But I don't think that Drag Race has to be that. You know, cult followings with things and other shows and movies aren't always involving of everyone and that's why they're like kind of cult favorites could i ask about money you could lie just you can give estimates i'm not asking how much you make but i i really want to know when you're well you see how i'm dressed tonight so obviously i make a ton of money i i really want to know when you're starting out when you're 18 and you're first performing how much do you think you're spending per night just on makeup and wardrobe etc a lot exactly well like a lot what is a lot like how much does it take to get started to get started, yeah. It to depends, get started, it depends on where you start from and how how low in budget and it, it varies. It really doesn't, especially now that Drag Race is so popular and there's more companies that cater to drag queens. Okay, it might be a little different starting now, but so when you started, when I started, yeah. Um, I mean, well, here's the thing. When I was in school, like I said, I worked at a drag club. Um, I, every time I did a, a show, no matter whatever tips I got and whatever like money I made, I always put that money back into 
the next show. Sure. Like I spent drag money on drag things. And mm-hmm. sometimes depending what you want to do, it really does vary. But I mean, it's ridiculous. I've, there's been a ton of people who said this and I, I think it's uh fucking stupid every single time. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, uh, clearly. I, I talked about my dick as a 14 year old. Yeah, it's fine. Right. Jesus um, Christ. Uh, when people go, oh God, I'm like, I don't, I don't like my job. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I need money. I'm going to start doing drag. I'm like, Good fucking luck. Yeah. Good fucking luck. It is a wait, hustle. And wait, it's people expensive. start doing drag in order to get money? Not smart people. Oh, my God. <laughs> I lucked out. You if, did? If I didn't get on Drag Race, I would be waiting tables. But, like, once again, it, let's say you don't get on Drag Race. Would you still be doing drag? Would you be waiting I tables? I would. I wouldn't be doing it as a full-time profession. As a full-time it's profession, how often realistic. are you going up? You a live in Chicago. How often do you go up in Chicago? If you're not traveling that week. How often do I what in Chicago? Go up to perform. Sorry, my Truvada alarm. Seriously? I call it gay birth control. <laughs> Party. <laughs> um, uh, say that again? How often do you go up in the city that you live in as to perform? How go, often do you... Go up? Uh, it's a comic Is thing. Is that I'm not... S- yeah. It's a comic thing. That's comedy thing. lingo. Sorry. It's like, do a show. Go do, how often do you do a show? I would like to remind everyone I'm not funny. So this <laughs> You're fantastic. You're fantastic. How often do you perform in Chicago on a week that you're not traveling? Um, I try to. So I have, I'm usually, I try to like, um, so Roscoe's books a lot of Drag Race Girls. And that's like very sporadic depending on mm-hmm. um, our yearly contract with them and what we agree to do with them. Um, so Roscoe's pays like a booker or do they pay you guys individually how does they pay us individually okay. they pay they pay us it's not a, like, okay we have management that helps get us things but um in chicago like as of right now yes i am usually host queen at smart bar once a month and usually perform at, at least one matinee a month at smart bar at berlin at Sorry. berlin okay so it's berlin smart bar and roscoe's yes so it's still that well, roscoe's is more spread out for like special events but i try um if i'm unless i'm like really on the road Smart Bar and Berlin once a month at least. So this is a question from a straight white man in his 30s. When I was and when twi- is he showing up? <laughs> when I was <laughs> in my early 20s. That's right. When I was in my early 20s, I would go to Roscoe's and all those places a lot because when my good friends uh, would drag me there and I would drag them to other bars and, and, and it was great. How do you give a shit if it's a straight white guy there, or you just like money's money. If someone's money. into the show, they're into the show. Okay. D- 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 that's not, an, like when I'm on stage, I can't tell, that's a faggot, that's a faggot, that's some chick's boyfriend. Like you you like okay. you, you don't know that. If someone's into the show, it's like if someone's not into the show, then like that's like, it's uh, when you're on, you're only on stage for a certain amount of time. I get that. And it's really all like energy based. I want, yes, I get that as well, but I just want to make it, I want to ask, the performer, yeah, what they if they give a shit, and the answer is no. No, great. B- bodies Are in you a tipping room or not? I'm tipping. Yes, I'm just saying. Like, I don't want to like ruin anyone's night. Room like bodies in the room for the show and them being into the show is great. There's no complaints. Don't get on the fucking stage with me. It's not yours. I get that, but that's great. Everyone wants that. You're not sold on social media, but it seems to be the future for what you do and what most every other entertainer does. I think it's does. stressful. I think it uh, in, uh, enables a lot of anxieties in kids and a lot of um, – it puts a lot of pressure on people. It makes things a little bit too lazy. 
and a little bit too easy. You think it's too lazy? How so? I'm uh, not too lazy. I think um. I think it makes it easier to not deal with things in real life. Okay. I think it enables, I don't know. I've been having a hard time lately with like, um, I feel like on social media, it sets up a standard for yourself that no one else is really pressing on you in real life, that it's more yourself. Like I, I started to stop following people that um, I would look at and be like, oh, like, okay, this this account is filled with guys who look really hot, or this guy is like really like uh, people, yes, you specifically. <laughs> but like, I, I stopped following like fitness type things or things where like, I'd be like, cause it got to a point where it's like, um, I feel like too much pressure that people are responding so well to him online and not to me in a certain way. And I think that's really damaging to kids growing up with that, like immediately being immersed in social media. It's so easy for people to give their opinion without really dealing with the feedback. On the flip side, you must have talked to younger people that were like inspired by you or, or helped by you. Yeah, they got to get bigger dreams. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta, they've got to find better inspirations. But you, you take it where you can get it. Like what made you want to do this as a young person? Like honestly? Honestly. I had no friends. I was made fun of in school. I hated myself. Um, my, I didn't really have anyone to talk to. And I was always into art and transformations of things. And when I first started to realize what drag was and how transformative it was, I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe instead of, not that I was getting invited to go get shit faced in the woods at all these parties, but like maybe instead of like getting drunk and ignoring things, I can just start doing makeup as an extension of art and have that be like the escape. That's why I started doing it. And that's kind of why I take it so personally when drag queens uh, start doing drag on like social media and they're very like high and mighty of themselves without really. Because there's also, I guess this doesn't have to do with social media. Now, I ramble a lot. I'm, but, I'm into it. Um, but there is a type of drag queen that does it. There's the drag queens that do it because they have this fire inside them and this passion to do other things that drag helps make it easier and more accessible. And then there's the kind of person who sees those people being loved and who isn't quite as loved and thinks, oh my God, well, I should do this so people will like me and I can act however I want. And I don't think that's appropriate. Like. Uh, when I did drag in Boston before Drag Race, there'd be a lot of girls who would come out and they'd be new queens and they would be rude to everyone. They'd be so bitchy. They'd be so nasty. They wouldn't respect what was happening just because they see that. Like, they're like, oh, well, that's funny. Drag queens can get away with anyone, anything, and people will like me. It's like, well, it's not really real. Yeah. If you're a dick, you're a dick. Yeah. And I don't agree. I don't agree with starting drag so you can force people to like you. It's like, I did it as an escape, and I did it to uh, further my creative well-being. You are a younger person, and the reason why I mention that is because the show had already began when you started. And so what I want to know is, would you have started it without the show? I didn't start it because of the show, uh-huh. but it made me more aware of what was in the area for me. Because at the time, like, drag wasn't... Like, I only knew about the show because I was friends with a couple drag queens. And they go, oh, you should see this. But I was already kind of into it. I mean, like, I was dressing up when I was a little kid. It was, like, bound to happen. Sure. 
Um, if it wasn't that, if like drag wasn't a thing, it would have definitely been like some sort of like special effects makeup. Or I was always that kid who watched like the behind the scenes or like there was this one show, like this one really shitty show on like one of those off like style networks. Is it Tattoo Wars? No, it was called like trying to. It was called like Lookalike or something like that. Okay. And they like would put these people in a lineup. And then they would pick them one person out and totally remake them to look like a celebrity or like totally different. And I was like really always fascinated by like a transformation to like being someone else and like being like. I think um, it's a good time to ask this question then. Like, all right, let's say the drag is over. You're 44, you're 45, you're 54. Oh God, what a nightmare. Number one, are you alive? Number two, what Hopefully are you... Hopefully not. Fantastic. All right, <laughs> so that answers part two. Hopefully. What are you doing? So, like, you can... In theory, you could do drag until you die. In reality... I don't know if I want to. There's a ceiling. Exactly. Do you... It's it's definitely not a promising career for a long time. You mm-hmm. have to work at it. And with Drag Race, it keeps raising the standards higher and higher for queens. So, I don't... I think I'll always do drag. Can I say it's going to be my lifetime... Um, yeah. Job probably not because um, I I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm capable of and I know that and this isn't like in a Debbie Downer way I know I'm not capable of some things that these other girls are because now drag is turning into like real celebrities like pa- RuPaul is like the big one but like the girls on his show are now even like being like well I'm, I'm doing a lot too yeah. if not more than RuPaul. You've used two different pronouns to describe RuPaul tonight. Have I? Yeah, that's what's fine. I've also had two different cocktails. Exactly. So, <laughs> so w- when people refer to you as Layla or the name on your birth certificate, do you give a shit? Does that ever come up? Honestly, no. Okay. I don't care. If I'm trying to, if I'm like, I don't, <laughs> it's not, if I'm trying to like meet a boy that I want to um, mm-hmm. have a, a fun night with. Sure. I don't love to say that I do drag right away. Yeah. Um, I don't think people care and I'm not ashamed of it, but um, before I got on Drag Race and before people liked it a lot, um, a lot of boys gave me reasons to be ashamed of it. Really? There was, I didn't know that. Clearly I didn't know that, but. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all these faggots online that are trying to be like, oh, I can say that I have a gay friend. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't have any friends. (laughs) I'm going to ask the Michelle Vachaz question of the podcast. Have you had relations with a man in drag? Not like fully. Cool. It's definitely been like a a quickie. We're leaving the club. I'm a full boy, but I still have a lady face on. Mm -hmm. But when their head's in a pillow, they can't see what's on my face. (laughs) Would you consider putting that on your gravestone? (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty good. Um... I like talking to you, and I appreciate you being here. It's but not a are question. you asking me to leave? No, I'm not asking you to leave. I'm just explaining all these things. And I am asking you to leave, sort of. I like your Keith Haring okay. tattoos. Thank you for knowing who that is. People don't know who that is? I have. I've had these two. I've, I've had a couple situations where um, someone's come up to me and be like, oh, my God, I love those tattoos. I love that Harrington guy. I go, I'm sorry, what? And he's like... No, no, no. Uh, I, uh, this one kid said he loved, like, Keith Harrington. I go, what? He's like, well, I'm, like, really big into him. I go, well, his name's not Harrington. He goes, well, yes, it is, Queen. Googled Keith Harrington, and it, honestly, it was, like, a Google image search of a bunch of, like, black and white pictures of, um, like, Harriet Tubman. 
and like a few black folk and like I thought those were Harriet Tubman tattoos, so I apologize. Like Keith Haring things, and he goes, "See, look, I told you." I go, and I pull up my arm. I go, "I have fucking thirteen Keith Haring tattoos. I think I know the person who's embedded in my body for the rest of my life." Do you know that? I'm sure you do know that his designs are on a lot of free condoms. Yeah. Do you find that weird? No. Okay. Cool. He was a bit. He was a big activist no, against I get HIV. That. I get that. I think it's weird that people don't really use condoms anymore. But <laughs> let's talk about that in depth. Yeah. Okay. When I'm you're when you're when that guy's face is in that pillow, are you using a condom? Yeah. That's when, when I travel, yeah. Fantastic. It's a uh, listen. Bareback sex. With, I don't know. There's probably one. No, gay, we can talk. One, I'm in, I'm one gay guy in here, but don't like, I don't. It. I don't know how. I don't know how straight people do it. Look, bareback sex is fun. It feels better. It's nice. But the thing about it is that gay men are still having an issue being like honest and upfront. And I think a lot of them put a lot of uh, too too much thought in thinking that if you're honest with someone and open, it takes the like hotness or like the anonymous things away from it, and they don't want to deal with it. People can have like really like. Um, I can't think about words, like really piggy bareback sex yeah. and can be anonymous and can be whores and with no slut shaming at all. But like, just be honest, be upfront and like, don't like, di- like uh, shame people for anything. Yeah. But gay guys, there's some stigma that guys do not want to let go of to, um, cause they're afraid of like it not being hot anymore. Yeah, if you if you I, have I the like when were you last tested conversation that's which gonna I, which kill your boner or something. Get over it. Yeah. Get over it. And don't be ashamed like you're like, yeah, hey, sorry, uh one I one of the guys had this, you should probably go get tested. Don't like shun that person out. Don't if if you're going around sticking a raw dick in a bunch of asses and someone says, Hey, sorry, but I do the same thing and one of the guys got sure. this, you should get tested. Don't shun that person. There's there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's you should be ashamed that you're not speaking up about it. I don't think that's an exclusively a gay male thing. Like I, well, I, I, well, I wouldn't everybody. know otherwise. Yeah, no, I, I think that is happening universally. Um, I, I think people just need to then. I think people need to be more upfront and be like, you know, this is what's up. I can or can't do this because of these reasons. And if you're into that, you're into that. If you're not, you're not. But um, if you're not honest, you're only spreading diseases more, more than just physical and expensive ones, but also like mentalities to other people. Do you see a therapist? I do. That's awesome. How long it have you is. seen your therapist? I actually just started seeing him like a little under a year you ago. You prefer a male therapist? Yes. Okay. Um, That's... I guess this is my first time in therapy. Oh, and really? Okay. I, he's <laughs> he's expensive and I don't love that, but he... we. It's the industry stuff. I, I mean, I, like, I like... How expensive is expensive um, for your therapist? Well, listen, of things that aren't free to me is too much money. Do you have insurance? Like, I try... Um, yeah, but not, he doesn't, not, take, he doesn't, he take, doesn't it. take it. So it's, it's like, like, it's, like a lo- it's like a long battle. Like I can maybe get a disclaimer at the end of the year, or yeah. whatever. but, um, I don't know too much. Anything I have to pay for is I too get much that. money. I, I don't want to seem like rude, but like, no, I get that. I tried to tell my landlord I have plenty of charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent, <laughs> but he Good doesn't plug. accept that. Uh, is it, is it offensive to refer to what you do as a sport? Um, I don't think it's offensive. I don't understand. You don't need to. That's for me. If you if you want to, oh, I'll tell you. Okay, clarify. so here's why. So, drag race is my fa- second favorite sport. Here's why it's a sport. 
there's a competition thing that uh, requires a lot of skill that most everyone off the street can't do. I can't go to the United Center and shoot around with the Bulls and fit in. I'm not that talented, and they're a horrible team. I can't go to Roscoe's right now in a dress and a wig and makeup and do well because I'm not that good. It's a sport. A lot of people still don't do that well. Fair enough. And, and that's the attitude of which you should have, clearly. You also couldn't walk into an accounting firm and start crunching numbers. I feel like I could do that easier than going to Roscoe's or going to the United Center. That's the thing. Accounting's not a sport because also no one else is watching it and enjoying their life All right, because great. of it. People live vicariously through you the same way people live vicariously through athletes and or teams. I feel like I'm connected to Michael Jordan because That's he plays fair. for the Bulls, etc. I feel like I'm connected to the people on Drag Race because I can't do that, but I'm rooting for these people in the same way I root for they, a sport. They uh, compel a feeling in Exactly, you. exactly. They, so Some sort of like adrenaline, like, I enjoy this. takes years to get to the top level. At the end of the day, yeah. the majority of it is just rehearsal and practice and things that no one will ever see. Yeah. Number three, it's incredibly cross prohibitive, the same way hockey or ice skating or most or football is. It's not cheap to participate in these athletics. It's very physical too. There it you go. It really is very there's physical. Literal, I'll give you that. There's it's, literal moves you should probably stretch before you do anything. Well, even like without the stretching, like it's if it's someone just standing still and looking pretty, it's still a lot. we're men. We are we are literally trying to force our bodies to look a certain way, whether it's by like um, manual labor, whether we're, I mean, if we're lucky, we're lucky, or like surgeries, things of that nature, but like all the makeup, the shaving, shaving fucking hurts. You're tucking your dick hurts. What hurts more, shaving or tucking your dick? Uh, it depends. If I'm tucked and I, I can't sit down because it doesn't feel good to sit on your wang. Touche. Um, but I hate shaving. Okay. I hate hate it more than anything. So if you could have a full so would you do you wish you were a bearded queen? No. Okay. No, I'm on the fence about I feel like you're 5 queens. years away from being a bearded queen. I can't really grow a beard, but I do like to have stubble and not look like an egg or yeah. a toe. Yeah. Or like a shaft with googly eyes. Could you put shaft with the googly eyes on your gravestone? Actually, one of the pictures, one of the pictures of my dick that I sent to quite a few people listening is, is one of like, it's like a little chub. It looks great, but I have a pair of like Ray-Bans on top of it. And I always send it to them going, listen, I'm at the store and I'm not sure if I should get these. These sunglasses make my nose look kind of weird. It t- I don't care if other people don't care for it, but like I know my dick looks good in it and it makes me laugh. So I keep doing it. Cool. I also say to other guys, I'm like, well, yeah, well, I'm an artist, so I'm like really a visual learner, so I'm gonna need you to send over some photos. Works every time. That's cool. I haven't gotten. I'm sure my mom would agree too. <laughs> did your What does your mom think of this? Um, she hated it at first when I started. Like, I made like a, a drag account, and she was like, because naturally, like any mother, she was like thought I wanted to be a woman, but she was like, I'm coming to a show and I'm seeing what this is all about. And she saw that it was just like a fun time. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, you had one child and you have a son and a daughter and one without really the hassle. So, and they got on TV and people love them. Like, suck it. She go, She loves going on Twitter and reading. Did you just say suck it? I was like, suck it up. Oh. Suck okay. it up, sorry. Did you just? Yeah, suck it, mom. No. 
Suck, suck it, it, mom. Like my it, dick suck wears it sunglasses. But she does. She loves it. She's so, so, so supportive. At, like, I used to do shows in the town I grew up in, and I would make my own T-shirts, and she, like, I wouldn't try to sell them at the shows, and she would take them from me, and she would sell them at the show. She would, like, set up a merch table. It's adorable. And it is. It is. She's That's super so supportive. Great. So is my dad. He, he always... I don't think in the past... I liked you until you told me you have a two-parent household. <laughs> I no longer like you. You didn't struggle enough. I'm good. I'm... Continue. Wow. Ooh, your dad likes it too? That's great. Yeah, he, he always wears Layla shirts to work and everywhere. So that's What's cool. your dad do for so work? Uh, right now, I think he works at like a, a factory making ink for printers. That's good. I think. Yeah. I that's know, awesome. I haven't been home in a while. You're going to go home this week. Yeah, what a nightmare. Not that I don't love my family, but like I wish they would just come to Chicago and like, let's get brunch and go out and have like... A fun time spending together. You live in Rogers Park. Where are you getting brunch? Andersonville. Fair enough. That's a good answer. It's <laughs> not far. Rogers Park isn't that far. Mm. It's far from here, but like when you're on the red line going to other red line places, it's not far. 15 minutes by city standards on a train is not far. Sure. It's Rogers Park, though. Come on. You live in fucking D.C. It's easier to, it's sometimes it's easier to get here from D.C. than Rogers Park. Thank you. I don't know why both of you in the Thank audience you. are screaming <laughs> at you. me right now. Um, Layla, I like you quite a bit. Thank you. I like your Keith Harrington tattoos. <laughs> um, Someone called a girl and like, you know, do you go to Lush ever? No. That like store that has all the bath things. No, I understand what Lush is. My friend used to work there. I don't go um, anymore. It's great. Um, sometimes they're a little too personable. I don't like Lush. Um, it smells like a bath bomb went off every five minutes. I love it. It's great. No, I, I very much love Lush. This is an anti-Lush podcast. <laughs> sometimes they can be a little too personable. I'm like, sometimes I'm not really having it. And this girl's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I love those. My roommate has Harding tattoos. And I go... Oh, does she? Well, she's an idiot because they're Keith Haring tattoos. Every single impression you give of women makes it sound like people that go to drag shows that make drag shows horrible. That's why I'm... Co- wow, weird, because I'm never around them. <laughs> Don't make me sound sexist. That was so I don't rude. know. I wasn't sexist. I just encounter a lot of bridesmaids. <laughs> so I did before Drag Race. You work at the shows that have yeah. the bridesmaids. Oh, so it, they just... It, the, the paycheck shows, not the dignity shows. Yeah. Do they actually... Oh, God. You probably make so Those much Those are the more. girls that are like, and, and I'm getting married, and I'm going to come on stage, too. And you're like... All right. Great. And even, like, when I'm, like, so short, even in hair and heels, people are still, like, a solid foot taller than me. Oh, God. Except you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not my special day. Maybe when it is. Do you have any tips for Stephanie to get uh, raw, raw dogged in the face of a pillow or something like that? You had a lot of tips before. I, I can wrap it up. I don't need to be raw dogged. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. It's a preference. Know, know your status. Okay. Also, like, especially since moving to Chicago, going back to that, like, I get in some places don't have like free clinics or things like that, but Chicago Howard Brown was remarkably easy to get tested, and there's no fucking excuse not to. Mm, I'm gonna cut that because I don't want to give any. Uh, I don't want to shine a light on anything good for people. So that seems pretty on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect way to end this. Layla, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Layla McQueen, everybody. You're fantastic. Thank, thank you. you. I'll take the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Casey Lauer, everybody. Casey, the stage is yours. 
to do whatever you wish for a certain amount of time. Wonderful, thank you. All right. So, a lot of the people I date wear a lot of rings, and that's, <clears throat> it's fine, I guess. I don't know. I'm just of the belief that wearing a lot of rings is, you know, weird and fucking dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I just feel like when I see a lot of hand nonsense, I assume there's a lot of head nonsense. Again, I've been drinking. This is kind of like a self-indulgent think piece. Go feel free to go <laughs> with me on this. I don't know. I think I realize my prejudice about rings comes from the fact that anytime I see a ring, it's designed to tell me a very insecure lie. Like when I see a ring on this finger, it's supposed to say, I'm gonna be attracted to the same person until one of us is dead and I'm willing to bet my financial independence on it. That's a fucking <laughs> crazy insecure lie. <laughs> you see somebody with a thumb ring and they're trying to tell you like, hey, I am interesting. <laughs> you see somebody with a pinky ring and they're like, yeah, I sell used ATVs to people to, with people with no credit and that doesn't weigh on my conscience at all. <laughs> I saw a guy recently and he was wearing a uh, Baltimore Ravens ring. And I was like, I don't think you had anything to do with them winning the 2013 championship. <laughs> that joke checks out, right? Like I still haven't fact checked my joke here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw a 35 year old obese man wearing a green lantern ring, an authentic green lantern ring. And I was like, that's probably not real. <laughs> it wasn't you. <laughs> I said he was a chunkster, don't worry. <laughs> You're, fine. You're beautiful. <laughs> um, anyway, in summation, I think rings are a little pretentious and they reveal an insecurity about ourselves. I bought a ring recently. <laughs> I don't know, I've been going through some shit, so I bought one of those rings that says, this too shall pass. And I really wanted to believe that, but I swallowed it like six days ago and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> so, you know, buyer beware. <laughs> All right, great joke out of the way. <laughs> All right, small group, but clap if you're willing to admit that sometimes occasionally you pee in the shower. All right. Okay, so like no judgment. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are a lot cooler than the women at my gym. <laughs> so we all use soap. Yes. <laughs> oh. um, Layla mentioned Lush. I went to Lush recently for the first time this year because they market themselves as being cruelty free. And then I got bullied into buying 50 bucks worth of face wash. <laughs> like I walked in there and there was this gorgeous young sales girl, like this manic pixie nightmare that's clearly, if you, one could only surmise that she's never really felt the lonelies a day in her life. <laughs> and she just looks at me and says, oh my God, we can fix that. And I was like, <laughs> okay, thank you. And so she hands me this sparkly red tumor of anarchy jello. <laughs> and she proceeds to tell me that it's face soap. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, soap wasn't up for interpretation, dear. <laughs> And she said, no, it's like that because of seaweed. Seaweed's actually really good for your skin because it pulls out impurities. You know, it's why mermaids are so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her in the eyes and I said, uh, you make a very fuckable point. <laughs> 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 so I bought it. 
It just sucks, though, because anytime I'm nice to straight women, they think I'm trying to fuck them. And it just, it sucks that they're on to me. <laughs> so I am gay, which usually is like a special cool thing about me, but Layla went first. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> We're all caught up. <laughs> uh, a lot of my straight friends, when they find out that I'm gay, their first thing they tell me is like, oh, you don't look gay. And I get a little worked up. I'm like, first of all, don't even know what the hell that means. And secondly, thank you. <laughs> I know what it means. <laughs> A male coworker uh, recently found out that I'm gay after two years, and he just looked at me and went, Casey, you a lesbo? I thought you was just a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that happened seven months ago, and it still like itches on my skin to talk about it, but it gets like a lingering chuckle, so I don't know. <laughs> Suffer for your art. Ugh. Love. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Relationships. Oh. <laughs> Dating, oh, ladies, swipe left, am I right? I mean, it is a purgatory among the living that we elect to endure ostensibly for mating purposes, you know. Ba-ba-booey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I tag it with that. Uh, it sucks, though. Have you ever been on a first date with somebody and they say something like, uh, well, I'm a cancer? <laughs> and you didn't realize that they were warning you? Like, you thought they were saying something cute and stupid, like, I was born in July, so I'll pay a psychic out in Pilsen to tell me that's why I'm adventurous. <laughs> no, they were saying, hey, you're from now, my presence in your life's going to make your hair fall out in clumps. <laughs> I'm processing a breakup. <laughs> Fun twist, I'm the cancer in that story. <laughs> it's fine, though, you know, 99 problems, but a bitch used to love me regardless up until the limerence faded from our embrace and she looked me in the eye and all she could think was that I was not emotionally or financially worthy enough of being a long-term life partner. Rap is funny. We were inseparable for like over a year and then two months after we broke up, she already had a new girlfriend, <laughs> which I think is a little soon, but that's not why I'm up here. Um, <laughs> and I thought I'd never move on, but it's, um, well, we used to have coffee and breakfast at this coffee shop near our apartment every Saturday morning. And I was walking by there recently, no reason, none of your business. <laughs> and she was in there uh, with another girl, and I felt my heart fall out of my chest. And then I thought, huh, that's our date. <laughs> She's on our date with somebody else. <laughs> like, it's not me, it's somebody else, and she like swapped me out, but it's not me, but it's our date. <laughs> like, she's clearly clinging to the one good thing we had constantly going, even towards the end of our relationship, and trying to transfer that over to the next relationship, essentially repeating the same stuff of our relationship, destined to make the same mistakes over and over again, girl after girl after girl. <laughs> it's transparent, pathetic, really. <laughs> it's weird how these patterns and relationships build. It's sad. Oh, Rachel. <laughs> Poor naive Rachel. <laughs> Poor naive Rachel 3. <laughs> <laughs> Of all the Rachels I dated, <laughs> she was one of them. <laughs> and 
don't know. Maybe she's not taking the breakup as well as I'm giving her credit for. Like, no disrespect, but she didn't look amazing when I saw her. Like, almost unrecognizably bad. <laughs> like, when I saw her, like, she was in amazing shape while we were dating, and I saw her. She's, like, really bony and, like, hunched over, and she got, like, a really short haircut. I don't think anybody told her to get, and I don't know if she, I don't know if she's like sleeping funny or like flirting with Botox, but she looked like a 75-year-old Korean man having lunch with his granddaughter. <laughs> it might not have been her. <laughs> My point is that I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> a coworker recently said to me, Casey, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, yeah, for sure. What are you addressing specifically? I said, if you've ever even fucked a guy, how do you know you're a lesbian? And I was like, how is this a conversation that I'm still having with people? And why are we having it in front of my boss? <laughs> and I just threw back the standard rhetorical argument. Uh, well, you've never had sex with a girl, right? You just know you like men. It's kind of like that. And she goes, well, it's different. You're supposed to like men. That's biology. And I was like, huh, gross. Um, how do I explain this? Um, Jocelyn, your best friend's a girl, right? And she said, yeah. I said, is your best friend really pretty? And she said, yeah. And I'm like, will you ever get drunk with your best friend? And she's something perfect and hilarious and awesome. And like your song is playing in the background and the light's hitting her kind of away. Like, and you just get silly and kiss her. Jocelyn was cool. She was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, that's friendship. That's normal. But you know that moment when you kiss her and then suddenly you just innocently imagine brushing your nose against her cervix? <laughs> <laughs> Jocelyn looked at me and she said, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I do. That's all I'm thinking about all the time. It's like, that's all I'm thinking about all the time. And that's how I know I'm gay. And I know I should be thinking about other things like the results of the election or the fact that I'm really not sure if I have health insurance. But I can't wrap my head around any of that shit because my primary objective in life is just to fucking, just fucking burrow it. Just fucking burrow puss. <laughs> so I'm either a lesbian or I'm a Doberman trapped in a lesbian's body. <laughs> that is just biology. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for those listening at home, that uh, act out is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Good night. Casey, sit down. It was great. You're very funny. Thank you. Have you ever thought about getting that thing in your face? I'm sorry. Like a puss? Just <laughs> doing an unfunny callback. Uh, how long have you been doing stand up? Uh, six years. Why? Why? Yeah. That's a great question. Thank I you. was um, writing jokes for like people here and there for like projects, and um, a lot of my friends were comics, and they were like, "Hey, you should do stand up." And I was like, "Don't tell me what to do." <laughs> and then what were the projects? Um, there was like a online talk show that they were trying to get off the ground, and they needed somebody to write monologue jokes for a while, and I was writing those. I wasn't very good at it. What was the show? It was called. Uh, Ooh, uh, the nightcap. The nightcap. Yeah. Was it, it in Chicago? It was. It was out of a bar in Chicago, and we like live streamed it. Oh. Uh, we did it for about a month and a half before the bar we were doing it at shut down. What was the bar? I don't know. I for, I don't know <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I don't know that it had a name. Like it. it no, was, it did. <laughs> where was the bar? Thank you. Where, where was, was it? The bar? That's a great. Um, this uh, is not an audience off participation. Off of Chicago and Clark kind of area. Chicago and Clark, so like... It was like a constantly rotating business, and... So it was a drug front? For sure. Okay, cool. For that sure. That makes way and more sense. And we were sense. just like these naive kids who were like, gonna make it. 
Did you make it? I mean, (laughs) yeah. Look where she is now. Yeah. Where are your glasses from? My glasses? Yeah. Where are the glasses that you're wearing right now? Where are they from? Uh, America's best. I believe a place called Four Eyes. Oh, really? In a location in Northern California. Damn it. Yeah. I thought they were Warby Parkers. I mean, (laughs) where are yours from? (laughs) Warby Parker. I thought we had the same glass. Not these specific pair. That's why I was asking. Yeah. You can do some glasses tips. Mm. I mean, they're all exotica, so (laughs) I don't want to get into that. That's exhausting. Good call. Everyone on stage has glasses. Oh, hey. What's up? Warby Parker. Uh, Mine are Ernest Hemingway glasses. Do you hate women? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Do you hate women? A little. Party. Okay. Uh, what's? Why are you doing this, though? What's the goal? I don't know. I like doing it right now. I'm glad. Um, Where are you from? What? Where are you? F- don't listen to him. Or do whatever you want. You're your own human being. He's just not on mic. So I heard I'm pretty. <laughs> I, I know that. But that's not going to be picked up on mic. So. And I heard you before, and I don't think I'm your, either of us would enjoy that. But I'm sorry. That's so sweet. I, I appreciate it all the more. He just needs an outlet. Awesome. And shouting from the audience is that. <laughs> I love it. What's the... Uh, uh, completely off track, and I apologize. That's okay. Are you single right now? Are, are these lies? No. Are, are you telling me um, lies? No. I mean, the set um, yes. was from a while back. So you're um, a liar. Yeah. I, Fantastic. It's so good that I can't like, I get throw that. it out. I I'm get that. I'm an artist. Um, not sure what that means. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Embrace it. Yeah. No, I'm seeing somebody right now. Do, do, they, do they perform as well? Uh, they do a little stand-up. Did, what does that mean? Uh, they came here and did a few open mics and some improv stuff. Um, and then they found some passions elsewhere. Okay, so they've seen you perform. They have, yes. And then became passionate about that instead. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Party. Okay, Uh, has the topic of conversation been raised of maybe you don't talk about me on stage? Um, no. Um, she thought the rings thing was about her once. (laughs) And it wasn't. I was just like, that's just people in general. <laughs> Do you want to get married? Do I want to get married? Yeah. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not thinking about it right now. I'm not in any... My, you know... Would you wear a ring? If I were to get married, yes. Do you, would you still do that joke? Um, I think it'd be way funnier if I <laughs> did it with the ring on. I agree. I, I think, think it has credibility that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your day job? I am a waitress at Jimmy Buffett's Margarita Bell. <laughs> Are you telling a JK or? No, I work down on the pier. Cool. I've, I've never heard you refer to it as down on the pier. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, when people find that out, do they ask you, you must have so many great stories. Um, yeah, and all my bosses are like, don't put me in the act. And I'm like, oh, we'll oh so they know you perform. Yeah, they asked me to perform on New Year's, and I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, that I'm not a family-friendly show. <laughs> I would love to know who goes to the Navy Pier Margaritaville on New Year's, though. Um, I feel like 
of people go to the pier on New Year's because I think there's fireworks. I've and then they're never like, heard oh, to it referred to as the pier. Isn't that great? I love it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm like stuck it's, on this. It's to save time in saying Navy Pier. Yeah, that, those two syllables of Navy. If what are we going to do? We're going to go to the pier like always. I'm sorry. If you live my life and Navy Pier comes up in every conversation, it saves Is your seconds. biggest competitor, I'm so sorry, uh, Bubba Gum Shrimp Company? At the moment, for sure. <laughs> I honestly thought you worked at Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. I'm sorry. I, Honestly, I feel like that makes more sense if you meet me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you clearly read his a Bubba Gum Shrimp Company gal. I mean, that's a restaurant a, themed around a Robert Zemeckis film. Like, our restaurant is themed around, you know, one guy. Have you <laughs> met Jimmy Buffett? I have not. What's your favorite Jimmy Buffett song? I'm um, sorry. <laughs> he does a Sam Cooke cover that's decent. <laughs> Of Saturday night. Is it like, only Jimmy Buffett songs in the restaurant? Is it? No, that's I. As I mentioned to Stephanie, that's illegal. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? No, it's not illegal. But come on, that's. I don't know. No, it's other music peppered. What in. happened that you're working at Jimmy Buffett's? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's flexible and. You know. How old a lot are of food you? Service. How old am I? Um, you don't. You don't have to tell the truth. Clearly. No, I'm 27. All right, cool. How long is this train riding on? I mean, come on. How long have I been working there? You mean? Yeah. Uh, two and a half years. Holy shit. Yeah. Are you gonna turn 30 at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville? <laughs> no, I will have made it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I am rooting for you so hard. Thank you. I'm also worried about you. It's the fire under my butt. <laughs> You know, I don't want to be there at 30, but I'm like, okay, if I am, they've been really nice. Oh, you're going to oh be God, there that's at a great 30. motivator. Like, yeah, why move to, like, a cooler restaurant when <laughs> you could just stay there and have yeah, I'm like, I, something I, pushing you out the door? Hey, what if you move to L.A.? There's got to be a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville there you can work at. They just at. set one up in Hollywood, California. Dude. They had one in Hollywood, Florida before that. <laughs> Would you consider moving to either Hollywood Jimmy to work at the Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville? Um, if I'm moving out to L.A., it's not for that at all. Why not? Uh, because if I'm going, I don't know. L.A. doesn't call out to me at the moment. You're, you're more of a Hollywood, Florida Hell Jimmy. Yeah. I feel like that's just my, I, my shtick works I get that. there. I get that. I get that. I think yeah. it's a good call. I don't know. What, should we set up like a Kickstarter for you to move to Hollywood, Florida? Or I mean, that's the only probably the only way. All right, cool. <laughs> to Hollywood, Florida, is if I um, tell the internet. To if get Stephanie me and I are go to the Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville on the pier, and we're like, "Hey, could we do a, a daily open mic here? Do you think they'd be down?" Um, not daily, but sometimes they do events and my boss will be like, can you do five minutes? And I'm like, again, no. <laughs> like, we, so, so we could do probably. like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe Sundays. Um, yeah, if you want to do like a squeaky clean open mic. Okay, okay cool. what if we bring in Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> hometown Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. And we he do hosts it. the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dolph Ziggler is a mic? He's, he's a stand-up comedian. Also, Moonlines as a wrestler. I've heard he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. This is way too insidery. <laughs> What's your oh, favorite? Oh, did I talk too much about wrestling? <laughs> What's your favorite thing on the Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville menu? Um, I get the Southwest salad, 
But I'm an annoying vegan person, so I get it without chicken or cheese. <laughs> so wait, you work at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier, mm-hmm. and you don't eat Anything. like 90% of the menu. Yeah. Cool. And how, I'm, that's probably how I survive. Like, I don't <laughs> know. If I, if I could eat lunch there. Ha, how are the margaritas? What? How are the margaritas? <laughs> how is their signature drink? Um, there are some really good ones. Um, I recommend the perfect margarita or the last mango in Paris. <laughs> I didn't know anything about this before you came up here. I'm so sorry. This is we, all I know about. We mostly <laughs> talked about Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. You're not like suicidal, are you? Oh, sure, a little. <laughs> do you see a therapist? I do not. Oh, I have been asked. To. You should. <laughs> you should. Are you? I feel like I got tricked into answering that question. <laughs> I think you should. Yeah. I think we all should. I'm okay right now. Are you? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll um, talk later. <laughs> but I'm not a doctor, <laughs> and you should see one. Yeah. They know more about Margaritaville plants. And non-margaritaville plants. I'm so sorry that you mentioned that, and I wouldn't leave it alone. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I feel like I'm offending you. No, I'm just like, what? Yeah. (laughs) See, because that's not a normal life to me. I've never met anyone that goes to Navy Pier on a daily basis. Well, I get days off. I'm glad. (laughs) Where Where do you live? What neighborhood? I just moved to Lincoln Park from Albany Park. Which is kind of nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Why Lincoln Park? I was just looking to find a studio, and they had some big buildings. Oh, those, yeah, yeah, right by the lake. That's nice. And I was just like, I want to live alone for like a year. Because you want to be closer to the water? Um, That wasn't part of it. It was just kind of like find a studio that yeah. I can afford, and then Lincoln Park kind of worked out. It's closer to work, too, which is kind of nice. That's nice. Got to be close to the pier. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the pier is happening now. <laughs> I want to end this interview before I say things that are offensive to you in You're ways. Fine. I don't know about that. Try me. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. How I'm many fragile. have you worked like a 14-hour shift and you're like I'm going to quit or do you like don't um, do you not hate anyone enough to quit? What's the deal? Why are you at fucking Margaritaville? Um I have s- my best friend works there. Okay. So that helps there a lot. Go. He got me that job which I really Is like. he really your best friend if he got you a job at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville on <laughs> the pier? I had just gotten fired from a different job, and I was unemployed for like three hours because of him. What so was the job? What was the job? I was working in a restaurant um, that no longer exists. It's a gluten-free restaurant in Lakeview. Fired me, and then three months later, that company disappeared. So. All right. Yeah. So he's good for him. I guess. I don't think he's a good friend. I think he's just a guy that wants to drag you down with him. And he's essentially your drinking buddy, but instead of drinking at a bar, you're drinking at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, (laughs) most likely the perfect margarita. Okay. Shout out to Eloy. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the perfect way to end this. Where can people see you besides Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier? Um, Jeez. I do shows all over Chicago, I guess. And if, you know. Reach out, book me for stuff. I don't know. Oh, boy. I'm so worried. I don't have a regular gig. I I know that. (laughs) I'm so so worried about you and everyone else that works at Jimmy Buffett's Margaret. How the fuck have you been there for two and a half years? 
That's a long time, and you're not an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> I guess that was a compliment. All right. well, what do you, I'm sorry, what do you do for a living? I live my dream. I'm, a, I'm the editor of a site called Brightest Young Things. It's a total joke job, and I love it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that sounds lovely. Yeah, Living you're true. so good. <laughs> Thank you. You you should uh you shouldn't do anything you don't want to do, but like Oh boy. All right. You made me feel better about my position in life. That's what I'm saying. You can life coach her <laughs> after you. the show. I might life coach you after this show because okay. you know what people love? Life coaches. Dude advice. Oh my god. <laughs> Let me white straight mansplain to you why you should or shouldn't do anything. Ladies and gentlemen, you're great, honestly. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Casey Larwood, everybody. Thank Casey. You. She's got a t- Thank you. You're very good. Thank you. I hope you don't hate me, and if you do no, fine. All right. I'll take fine. I will take fine. Oh boy. Stephanie Haas. Brendan Weatherby. You got my name right. Good job. Oh my god. Not everyone you. does. I'll I'll see you like out there and I'll also see out there. on my couch later. Party. <laughs> Mike is an old friend of the show, is an old friend of mine. Don't we share a birthday? We do. We do share a birthday. Yeah, ten years ago we celebrated a birthday here, and then I was like, Oh, I should do a show here. Uh you're in a band? I am. What's it called? It's called Randy Mantooth. You proud of that name? Yeah. I like it. Then that's a good name. Yeah. If you're happy, I'm happy. I'm happy. You got a show at the Empty Bottle? Uh, we do. That's on the 28th. Uh, as it's part of the Alex Chilton birthday bash, actually, at the Empty Bottle. So next Thursday. Are you playing a Big Star song? Uh, we're playing, we're playing, yeah, Big Star songs. And then we're also playing uh, the song Alex Chilton by the, by the replacements. replacements. Yeah. And we're in the Hungry Brain. Yeah. That's an appropriate song. It is. Uh, if, for those it's one of my favorite songs, too. So it's a great song. Fun. For those listening at home, the replacements are uh, the hold study, but not successful. <laughs> That's exactly right. Thank you so much. I appreciate wreck. that. Yeah, they're kind of a train wreck. Uh, you. Uh, um, also, we are playing, though, I want to say we are playing uh, Thursday night, or excuse me, Friday night, the 20, what is it, 22nd? Second. At uh, Quencher's. So. We uh, we play right at ten o'clock p.m. I try to say show starts at nine. I try to say something that would make people think, oh, this is a guy I should listen to. He's playing the empty bottle, and then you're like, no, I'm gonna play Quenchers first. We're doing it all, man. With you know, that's doing it all. I'm glad I know you as a human being. I'm glad you're gonna play these songs. Thanks for knowing me, ladies and gentlemen. Please put your hands together for Mike Pritchard, everybody. Mike. Hey, you guys. Another heart 
trust another set of lungs to breathe for me. And when I fall asleep, there's not another face that I'll dream of. This isn't love. I don't believe in love. So warm, like kisses from the sun on my neck, love. I rise with them at dawn, and you remind me to never let you run. Good Lord, the butterflies come and they're driving me crazy. There is not another heart I long to be for me. I never trust another set of lungs to breathe for me. And when I fall asleep, not another face that I'll dream of. This isn't love. I don't believe it. Now I breathe so easy. It used to be so hard. I punch some holes and some creases to the lid of the mason jar. There is not another heart I long to be for me. I never trust another set of lungs to breathe for me. And when I fall asleep, there's not another face that I'll dream of. If this isn't love, I don't believe. This is a love. I don't believe in love. This is a love. I don't believe in love. Thank you. So I'll do uh, another song. These songs are uh, from an EP we put out earlier this year and. We'll be putting out a bunch of stuff next year, so I'm pretty excited about it. If you go to Randy Mantooth, well, I don't even know what it is. Bandcamp.randymantooth. Google it. <laughs> I forgot. It's too cal It's too long, man. I can't remember it. Don't want you to know me 
back more resourceful than any human being. When I want you to think I'm useful, I never meant anything. And I spend far too many days in my own head tracing the lines I regret with my own hands lines like baby always be my greatest love and they haunt you haunt haunt you haunt so pull yourself together There's no one at your feet I'm droning like a broken record That I had on repeat And I spend far too many days in my own head Tracing the lines I regret with my own hands Lines like, baby, always be my greatest love And they haunt you, hon, haunt you, hon It's like I'm in a play Falling from the stage You're handing me my lines There's nothing on the page I spend far too many days in my own head Tracing the lines I regret with my own hands Lines like, baby, always be my greatest love They haunt you, haunt, haunt you, haunt They haunt you, haunt, haunt you, haunt they haunt you, haunt. They haunt you, haunt. They haunt you, haunt. Haunt you, haunt. Thanks. Um, so that song's normally, these songs are all pretty like rocking usually, so it's weird for me to play them like this, but it's fun.
Thank you. We were in a band together for a minute. We were. Did you ever think, hey, maybe I should sing because I could actually sing in tune? <laughs> but since I'm more powerful than you, you're like, well, that's just going to be how it is. I, it was never really an option. Yes, yeah. damn right it wasn't an option. I didn't give you that fucking choice. Have you ever been to Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier? I uh, am so obsessed. No, but Would I have you been to Bubblegum Shrimp. Or is we're not one? talking about competitors. I have. Well, have I you? Have. Would you go with me? Yes. Would you go with me and Stephanie Haas? Yes. Layla, would you come with me, Mike, and Stephanie Haas to Bubba? Sorry, to Jane Puppets Margaritaville. Is the mango pear margaritas on me, but not the perfect margarita. <laughs> Casey, I apologize 
But at the exact same time, I don't apologize because it's Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. On the pier. <laughs> the laughter from both of us, you could blame Stephanie Haas for, but also me because I'm saying it into a microphone that's amplified. And that's not fair, but this is the reality in which we live. You're very funny. Thank you for doing the show. I really genuinely appreciate it. Layla, thank you for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Mike, thanks for doing the show. I really appreciate it. People could see you at Quenchers. Ugh. Quenchers. Ugh. Hey, man. It's a Friday night. We're just going to hang out and have a good time. That's the worst way to sell a show. It's a Friday night. We're just going to hang out and have a good time. That's what Randy That's Mantu what people does. do at home. That's they what Randy hang Mantu out does. and have a good time. People will go to the Alex Chilton show. That's good. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be fun. December that 20th. one will be fun. December 28th, Empty Bottle. Come on out. That's a good show. I'm Is excited. that your first show at the bottle with this band? With this band, yes. Do you miss your old band? Sometimes. Why would you miss it? Um, I liked it a lot. Why'd you stop it? Um, I don't know. I just needed a break. To start another band? <laughs> like, what's the... With the same drummer? What's well, the point? Uh, what, are you, what are you talking about? I well, need a break. He's the only drummer I can play with. He's a good drummer. Yeah. So, but uh, no, I, I, I didn't play shows for like almost four years. Why not? I don't know. I just needed a break. That's a good reason. Yeah. All right. Are you glad you're playing them now? Yeah. I saw your show I at, the, at the Big Kitchen. You were really good. Hey, thanks. It was funny when you were like, oh, these songs are usually fast and fun because the lyrics <laughs> aren't fun at all. <laughs> They're real sad and about sad shit. <laughs> yeah, it's more fun when you can put like a, you know, a, a Vox AZ30 cranked up and a big guitar thing in front of it and hide what you're saying. But you wrote the words. Yeah. You could just make them fun from the start. Could. I don't know. That's the shit that just comes out. So that's how it works. Well, do you see a therapist? No, not, you cur- not currently. Have you seen a therapist? I have. Why'd you stop? Because um, I was healed. Did they, dis- <laughs> did they dismiss you? No, because I had a therapist for years. I had a therapist for years, and it was clear that I was just like doing bits. And she's like, you, why are you coming? Yeah, yeah, no, it got to a point where I felt like I'm not getting anything. No, out no, of this. but did they dismiss you? Or did no, you no, say? No, I just said I'm not. So I, you weren't, you I, didn't last graduate. Time I went and saw the person, I was like, this is the last time I'm coming. But, okay, you didn't graduate. It was my choice. No. It's all of our choices. I graduated in my head, I guess. That's I not graduation. What do you mean graduate? They don't hand you a diploma. No, but they will tell you. health. They could. Sometimes if you leave an institution, they will. Number one. Number two, they will tell you, you don't need to see me anymore. Yeah. That's not true. That, from the crowd, you're or wrong. Or if your insurance runs out. No, it's not true at all because I was paying out of pocket. Oh, okay. And it wasn't a sympathy thing. Hmm. She said, you don't, for the issues that you came in for, there's no reason to keep coming to me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. No, this, my, this person didn't tell me that. So what you're saying is you should still be in therapy. <laughs> we should all be in therapy. I think we should all yeah, see a therapist I, I, at all times. I think it's, it's, I think it's a healthy thing. Agreed. We should do it. I'm... Saying this out loud because there's a show here called Therapy Sessions every Thursday night at the Hungry Brain. This entire show has been a plug for a different show. Uh, Seth hosts that show. In no way is he a licensed therapist. He's a librarian. Oh, yeah. Have you ever thought about being... Also, he's a a good musician. A librarian? (laughs) He's a drummer. Have you thought about playing with him? No, I I hadn't, actually. He also has glasses like your current drummer. 
Well, if we run into trouble, I know where to turn. You're a good man. I'm glad I know you. You're all right, too, Brandon. doesn't matter what you think about me. Thanks for having me. I'm going to... Could you guys hear that? I'm calling Esmeralda. Hello? Hey, could you hear me? I can. Hey, you're on the show. (laughs) What's... What? You're on the show. Oh. Hi, everyone. Hey. So many people here. You wouldn't believe it. The one time I don't show up, everyone shows up. Yeah, that's what happened. Let's let's keep that in your mind. I think it's a conspiracy. Esmeralda, how long have you been doing this show with me? Oh my gosh. I've only, I've done all of them except the first one. Do you regret that? What's that? Do you regret not doing the first one with me? Yeah. Uh, at a steakhouse because I had lost my job. Yeah. Yeah, you for the people that don't know, describe what happened that night. What's that? Describe what happened the night of the first you meet them everybody live in your life. Wait, I can't hear you. <laughs> it's working out great. The night of the first show, you didn't do the show because of a specific reason. What happened that night? Yes, I know. This is that chemistry that you just... I don't just... think you had invited me to, to host. Hello, first no. time caller. Love your show. <laughs> don't help her. <laughs> no, no, you got fired that night. Oh, I just, I got drunk because, uh, yeah, I, had, I went to, we went, had a last hurrah from my job. What was... That, got, that what, we all got fired from. What was the job? And then I showed up. Oh, I was working for Jonathan Brandmeier on The Loop. There you yeah, go. And I and we all got the we all got canned. Yeah. And then we all went and ate at uh, Gina Giorgetti's Ooh. on Jonathan Brandmeier's tab. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do you? We got loaded, and I showed up just as you had finished. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is your what are you doing right now that you can't be here? Oh, I'm at my job, which is uh, doing traffic for WGN Radio. Look at how those things are. One woo. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> the fact that you heard that is pretty impressive. You know, it's polite to clap all the time. Not just. <laughs> have you been to Have you been to Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier? What about Margaritaville? Have you visited the Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville? No. Oh God, I hate Jimmy Buffett. Why? Why don't you like Jimmy Buffett? Why don't I like him? Oh, because I used to work at uh, what is now the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, I believe. Uh, it used to be the Tweeter Center when I was there, but he would, uh, when he did shows, he would, one, let people tailgate when you normally weren't allowed to. He would pay the fine to let people tailgate outside. So I had to deal with, as an usher, Many, many, many hundreds of people in coconut bras, middle-aged, old dudes, just wasted, trying to trying to check out the tunes of Jimmy Buffett. Okay, as an outsider, it seems like Jimmy Buffett's a pretty cool guy to pay that fine. <laughs> and maybe it's just that you don't like Jimmy Buffett's fans. I just, I don't, I can't deal with it. With his cheeseburgers and his... There was a. Of margaritas. 
There was a very good comic on the show tonight. Her name is Casey, and she works at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier. And I feel both bad that I keep bringing this up, but I also feel a compulsion to never stop bringing this up because she's she reminds me of a lot of the great comics that have been on this show that then proceeded to do things that don't involve Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. So if you were on the show tonight in your normal co-host role rather than just a guest like you are now, do you think you would have stopped me from talking about Jimmy Mar- Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier this much? Probably not. Cool. I can't answer that question, and Casey's not on mic, so we'll never know. That's a great question, Esmeralda. Uh, I'm cur- sitting on stage with me right now is uh, Mike Pritchard. You, e- you emailed it to me later. Uh, d- I'll definitely email it to you later. Don't worry about that. Uh, I'm currently sitting on stage with uh, Mike Pritchard, formerly of Otter Putter, currently, and Randy Mantooth. Esmeralda, yeah, Randy what do you think of the band name Randy Mantooth? What's the TV show? I don't know. It was a character. <laughs> Even Michael didn't know, so I... Yeah, I, We all just know it was a 70s char- a character from a 70s TV show. Yeah, well, it's 70s... I'm pointing at fucking Pritchard to use the goddamn I, microphone, and he's, like, leaning into the phone. <laughs> I'm trying to talk to Merle. <laughs> We're having a conversation here. Call, it's a speakerphone. <laughs> hey. Yes, you're exactly like Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels is an interesting movie because the first one, it features Bill Murray, and then the second one is Bernie Mac. Do you prefer Bill Murray or Bernie Mac? Oh, see, I was thinking more of the TV show, but okay. No, no, no. What show are you doing right now? It's currently 11.17. So I am, you- I'm currently uh, on uh, late, uh, pretty, pretty late with Patty Vasquez. And that's someone you actually like, so that must make the show easier to do. The one person that works at a. I want to say it because I really want to say it. She works at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, specifically the one on the pier. She refers to Navy Pier as the pier. Esmeralda, you work at WGN. Did you hear that? Oh, boy. Hold on, hold on. Esmeralda, did you hear that? I'm the woman to what? I'm the woman to blame is on the back of her work oh, shirt at Jimmy great. Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier. How is that legal? How? How? How is that legal? It's 2017. We know about T.J. Miller, and we can finally say it in the microphones. Hey, Merle, did you hear about the T.J. Miller news? This is so weird to me right now because I love it so much, but I feel like I'm walking a real thin line to Margaritaville, <laughs> which is on the pier. Have you ever heard a Navy pier referred to as the pier before? No. What? Is that only for cool 
Yeah, it's for cool insiders that work at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. <laughs> they all live in the suburbs. I've talked to dozens of Bubba Gum Shrimp Company staff, and they've never referred to it as the pier. Hey, I thought we weren't bringing in competition. What happened? Are we hanging at the pier today? <laughs> I'm sorry that I called. Them. I'm so sorry. Okay, this woman is has. The only pier, though. I don't. I, that's not the only pier. You know what I mean? Like just in a general sense. I know it's Navy Pier, but you know, don't, isn't there other piers in the city along the lake? There has to be. So I mean, if you just say the pier. I don't know. I could be going to Montrose Harbor and I wouldn't know where to go. See? That's a good point, actually. That's a, that's a That's a fantastic point. We, us city folk, don't know the difference between harbors and piers. I think it's clear. <laughs> Esmeralda, how long have you been at WGN? Okay. Um, Maybe three. Okay, so you just jumped another year. Fantastic. Um, in in that's question's not going anywhere. Next one. Uh, in years past, we've talked about what you've gotten your brother for Christmas. What are you getting your brother for Christmas this year? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's I don't think anything. Oh, good, good. Uh, I sometimes don't get people things. We're grown. We're grown people. We don't need. We have money to buy our own things. Are you getting your boyfriend anything? Um, yes. What are you getting him? Well, he's not there, is he? Because he said no, he's going. No, he's not here. Okay. I got him a massage thing. Like a... On Groupon. Oh, well, hold on. Sorry, sorry. You got him a massage thing on Groupon? He needs, he needs, he needs a massage. He's, he's all broken. You're cheap. Hold on, hold on. One person said that you're cheap for getting it on Groupon. What? I can't afford full-price massages. How much did you spend on the coupon for a massage on Groupon for your boyfriend? What? It's so simple. You, just, you look on the thing and go, oh, there's one. Cheap. The, the like say, no, no, that's, you're not answering the question. The question was how much you spent. It doesn't say cheap when you buy it. How what? How much was it? It's pretty cheap. I think it's 80. That is pretty cheap. You got a, your boyfriend a cheap gift. What's he going to get you? Do you know? What's that? What's he going to get you? Oh, I don't know. What, is he, what did he get I you? I don't tell him to get me things. What did he get you last year? Uh, I don't remember. You t- <laughs> How long have you been together? Uh, two years. Name one gift he's given you over the last two years. One gift, your boyfriend, who clearly loves you, that doesn't oh, shop on Groupon. For our anniversary, he got, me, he got me a bunch of gifts, but then he claimed they were all very cheap on Amazon, so that's why he did it. He got me a, a new set of headphones, because my headphones were busted in one ear, uh, and they're my work headphones, and then he got me a butt cushion. Okay, so he got you a butt cushion? Yeah, because I have... I, because then, you know, I sit all all night here and I slouch so as so I don't turn into Quasimodo. He got me this butt cushion so I kind of it it hurts your it helps your back. 
I know both of you. I like both of you. Your relationship has never sounded sadder than the three gifts you just described. You have headphones, which you should have just bought brand new and then expensed for work, number one. And if you didn't expense them, you should at least use it as a tax write-off. Number two, you're in your early 30s. You don't need a butt cushion. Just shit the fuck up. I get that. And then you bought your boyfriend, a man who is clearly overworked, a massage on discount via Groupon. He needs it. I get I that. I don't know how to massage properly, so. I felt bad earlier for harping on Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville at the pier, but now I'm focusing all my attention on you so I don't feel nearly as bad. Have you, have you considered buying a gift certificate for you and the boyfriend? To have a lovely, maybe an anniversary dinner at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville on the pier. Mm, I mean, as long as I get to say it's five o'clock somewhere every time I get a cocktail. Every time. Well, we're not going to end it any better than that. It's the nine-year anniversary show. Merle, where can people hear you? Uh, You can hear me on WGN. It's uh, 720 a.m. or WGNRadio.com. I also, uh, if you want to essentially, probably, I guess, look at my Facebook, you can find me. You know my name. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Yeah. Are I you doing any, s- are you hosting? No, um, no I, mean, I say that because I sometimes get to, uh, aside from the traffic thing, I get to also uh, fill in host. When are you so, hosting next? Um, I'm uh, 26. The day after Christmas? To 11. Oh, that's actually like a normal person time. Yeah. I'm hosting uh, with the wonderful uh, John Hansen, who some of you may know from WCIU's The Jam. <laughs> we don't. The Jam? We, we, we don't oh, know. He's, he's wonderful. And then they encore it all weekend. So you can actually catch him all weekend on WCIU. I'm going to hang up now. Okay, bye. Bye, Merle. Thank bye, you. Everybody.